Hey everyone, welcome to the Behind the Scenes Podcast. I'm Jeremy. And I'm Audrey. And on this podcast, we share the messy, honest, unfiltered, and not so curated parts of our life. Think of this podcast as a bunch of bloopers with some truth bombs sprinkled throughout. That's right. We're going to be taking you behind the scenes of our daily routines, our social media feeds, and what you may or may not have seen on TV. We're going to be talking relationships, family, faith, business, basically whatever we are learning about, fighting about, or laughing about lately. We're going to be sharing our daily life, our struggles, successes, and our roses and thorns from each week. And we don't want this podcast to just be about us. So we're also going to go behind the scenes with some of the people who inspire us the most. We hope this podcast feels like you're joining us for a campfire. Come hang out. Good morning or afternoon or evening whenever you're listening to this. I hope it's a good one. And wherever you're listening to this, hope you're doing well in this crazy wild time we're living in. This is some this is unprecedented, which I feel like we've said every podcast, you know, in the last couple of weeks, but it's true. With social media and how connected we've been, this is unlike um, you know, similar circumstances in the past. And, and it's, it's really remarkable to watch this all kind of unfold. And, and, uh, I hope you're staying strong. Your faith is placed in the Lord. Your trust is there. And, um, yeah, we'll, uh, we're getting through this. So, um, with that being said, uh, we got a really exciting podcast today. We're sitting down with Isaac and Angie Tolpin, who you guys might know them as, uh, you know, courageous parenting, the podcast, um, CourageousParenting.com. They got courses, they've written books, uh, all the things. And they're, they're Audrey's and my go-to text message, if you will, our go-to source, our go-to call when we have any question parenting. Uh, they got eight kids. Um, they've got the fruit to, to have authority in this in this genre, and we we when we thought like, oh, let's do a let's have a conversation about this, um, we thought of no one else but Isaac and Angie Tolpin. So, very exciting show today. Uh, we we dive into some really good stuff. So, um, hope you uh, stick around, listen to the whole thing. Really good. Let us know your thoughts. And without further ado, we're diving in. Here we go. Isaac and Angie Tolpin. Right, Isaac and Angie, welcome to Behind the Scenes Podcast. So great to be here. Good to see you guys. Finally getting you guys on. Yeah. I know, it's been yeah. a while. <laughs> it has. Isaac and Angie, so for everyone listening, Isaac and Angie are good friends. We met them when we lived in Bend, Oregon, and they were a part of our home church there. They are incredible resources, super, super wise. They have eight kids. They have multiple ministries and books and just all kinds of things going on. Um, so we're really excited to have them on the podcast because I just yeah. feel like they have such valuable insight to lots of different things and lots of different things that are really relevant to what's going on right now in the world. So yeah, really excited for you guys to share today. Oh, that was nice, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you just wish I could sit on your shoulder? Um, well, yeah, so yeah, let's let's um, again, before we kind of dive into our conversation, I want to give you guys a minute to, you know, where do you live? How many kids? Uh, if you can name them all in alf- cons- <laughs> cons- the sequence of order, <laughs> you know, tell us who you are, what you do, where you live. You want to ask me how old they are. No, 
<laughs> oh dear. Come on. The different strengths and weaknesses. Gosh, I, yeah. that would be hard though. Gosh. Eight kids, ages. 19 down to 19 months. So, so there you have it. So our youngest is 18 months old and then we have a four year old and we have a six year gap ish. And our next child up is wow. nine and a half. He'll be 10 this summer. And then we have an almost 12 year old, a 13 year old, a 15 year old, a 17 year old and a 19 and a half year old. And I will say that I used to think people like us were a little bit strange because I didn't come from a big family. And did you? No, no. So yeah, I wasn't even around kids. Okay. So. And I didn't actually want children. <laughs> so can I say that? Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah, no. So when oh, we, really? yeah, I thought I was. That, I don't hear you. Yeah, that no. cannot be true. I, change that. Um, I got rebuked by my mentor. Oh, and I here, of course, who doesn't love him? Oh, Angie, Angie I, I did not know that. How did that then? What was yeah, the turning no, point I for you? Missions in Turkey, and I thought I would be going back there full time, and oh. I was on a mission, like literally, was like yeah. no distractions. It was Isaac. I met Isaac and a week later, he was like, do you believe in marriage? I'm like, yeah, I believe in it. And he's like, good, because I'm going to marry you. <laughs> I'm like, no, yes. <laughs> A week after meeting? Yeah. Did you know Isaac that quick? I just knew. I didn't believe in marriage until I met Angie. And then huh. I immediately, well, within a week, I, pre I knew. Mm -hmm. And I never didn't know after that. Yeah. So I wow. went back to college in Canada. And Isaac went back to UW for his senior year. Yeah. And he and I, within like seven months later, I think he proposed in April and we were married the next September. There's a wow. whole lot of stuff that happened in between. Of there, course but. there is. Yeah. <laughs> That's wild. And then you guys were married. How long before you had Kelsey? <laughs> That's Four months later. We were going to wait oh, two wow. years. You know, we we're going to do the, the oh, plan of traveling. And, yes. And oh, you got pregnant four months later. Yes, yes. be careful there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wait the two or three years and really get to know each other first. And we had this plan, right? Oh, yeah. but, uh, but God had a different plan. Uh, we got pregnant four months later, and mm -hmm. and then pretty much, uh, and then we thought something was wrong. We couldn't have another guy. Yeah, we child. were trying. We were trying to have another baby, and it took three and a half years to yeah. have Austin. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. and he. Interesting little side story. Um, when I got pregnant with him, I didn't know, and I had an emergency appendectomy, and the doctors didn't know I was pregnant. And so, six weeks after surgery, they're like, "Yeah, so you, you know, you probably experienced nausea, but that should be gone." And I'm like, "It's not gone. I'm puking still." And they did an ultrasound, and there was Austin. And they Bizarre. were like, "Whoa!" So, and then they tried to convince us, of course, to terminate pregnancy, which we didn't do. Thank the Lord, right? Yeah. Um, but we've actually uh, had a few different pregnancies over the years that doctors have tried to convince us because of health reasons or whatnot. And but here to, we are. But to sum it up, we went one child at a time. We decided we would never decide not to have another kid unless we were both in alignment. Mm -hmm. And God just would always make sure one of us weren't wanting to stop. And we switched back and forth. <laughs> and yeah. we decided to you know, let God decide. And it's been a fruitful journey. It's been fun. Yeah, fun. And a good yeah. and hard. Hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was just going to say, like, if you guys, I mean, so it, tell them, Angie, like, about your book and also postpartum course because, you know, obviously eight children. There's been some other children in there, too. There's been a lot of hardship with your guys' journey in, in yeah. physically bringing children into the world. And, 
Um, yeah. I know you have just like a lot of great things to share there, but I just wanted to make sure you, that the resources mentioned, because I know we want to talk a lot about parenting stuff, but yeah. um, just so people that maybe are in that season of pregnancy, postpartum, know where to find you because you're a great resource. Sure. Well, they can find me at courageousmom.com um, and on Instagram at courageous.mom. But I do have a book called Redeeming Childbirth, Experiencing His Presence in Pregnancy, Labor, Birth, and Beyond. Mm -hmm. And it comes with a guide. Um, we created the Christian postpartum course uh, about three years ago. And we've had about 500 women go through the postpartum course, which is exciting. Awesome. It has um, 17 different teaching videos in it that teach women how to heal naturally from all the most common postpartum ailments, discomforts, prevent depression, all that kind of stuff. So um, that's been exciting to be able to pour into people. It's redeemed the experience for me. <laughs> yeah. Sense. So um, my excessive morning sickness, if you will, um, vomiting 14, 16 times a day. So when people see that we have eight kids, one of the most common things people say is, oh, you must have easy pregnancies. Yeah. That, yeah. Not that. Yeah. Truth, actually. Yeah. Um, and so I have learned, though, God has taught me over and over again through sanctifying me that mm -hmm. um, he's what really it is, is it's a small sacrifice to give nine months for another person's entire life and eternity. Mm. Yeah, and that's so really good. what I have to preach to myself in the midst of it. Um, it's not easy, uh, but it's it's always worth it for sure. Yeah. 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 It's brought us closer. I think that, Absolutely. you know, as we've had more, obviously Isaac's had to be more involved and we've had to grow in being a team. Yeah. Um, I, think I, I always say every child you have makes you a little less selfish. So mm -hmm. I, maybe we were just more selfish in the beginning. So God said, yeah. you need to have more kids to get that out of you. <laughs> yeah, not sure. That's yeah. what yeah. people. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's good. Well, you guys are working on all of this together now, but mm -hmm. it wasn't always the case, right? Isaac, you you started and ran a fairly large company for a while. You did a tech company. Um, and then, you know, talk about that for a quick second. Well, I always thought that the ministry that I was going to be involved with was first my home, but secondarily uh, the marketplace. And so I thought I was mm -hmm. called to entrepreneurship, leadership mm -hmm. in, the, in the business world and so forth. And there was a lot of fruit for a long time in that. Um, but then there was a turning point. Angie always thought, why don't we just do ministry? Why don't we just do this? You could be a pastor and all these things. And I'm like, well, I'm a pastor in the marketplace. I lead managers and people like mm -hmm. that. And we did see a lot of fruit. We did see a lot of fruit and God worked in that. But there was a point that was interesting. And I was reflecting on this the other day. It's like God cares. seems like he cares more precisely what I'm doing now mm -hmm. than he used to. He would show up in the things I was doing for him. Mm -hmm. But it seems like he's very opinionated right now on what I do. I wouldn't choose to do naturally choose to do any of the things we're doing right now. Although I do love them now that God has put me in this direction. Right. I absolutely love them, but I wouldn't have chose them. Really, God was like, nope, I'm going to close this door. I'm going to close this door. I'm going to close this year. I want you in full-time ministry. So that's kind of how that happened. But I do think that there's a matter of timing, right? Like in Ecclesiastes, it says there's a season for dying. There's a season for giving birth. There's a season for everything. Yeah. And I love that we experienced being a part of the business world and managing yeah. and, and yeah. being able to work with so many people because I do believe that it prepared us for what we're able to <laughs> Now, yeah. I relate so much more to men having been 
in the business world for 20 years. Right. And so, um, anyway, that's just a side note is that we believe that you're a missionary wherever you are. You know, what's really fascinating. I think one of the appeals to when we teach parenting, which I never thought I'd be doing, but it's actually really been cool because we're literally teaching the business principles and applying them to parenting. And then we're taking the biblical truth and then our experiences and training we've got from other people. So yeah. a lot of the things we talk yeah, a about lot of elements are, are <laughs> in there. books and, yeah. and seminars and conferences. And but I, so yeah. many times I remember I'm literally teaching parenting. And I remember teaching this principle to my managers or hmm. so, yeah. But it's yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting because that just for him, he like be leading our family and he would take biblical principles and take them to the workplace and teach them. And so it was just a natural integration both ways. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that could be such an encouragement to people that are listening that, you know, do work those kinds of jobs, like just to view their skill set in that job as a skill set that they can bring home. I feel like that's maybe not. I mean, I don't know, but like I feel, we have young children, yeah. so it's probably a little bit different for us, but I feel like, it could be really easy to just detach those two things and not, you know, not view your skill sets as a doctor or a firefighter or working for a tech company or whatever it is as skills that could be used in parenting. But like you said, like there's probably some really great things that could translate over, you know? Yeah. I mean, on that note, there's that aspect of looking back at the generations that went before us, right. And they would raise up their sons and daughters as their apprentices in a way. Mm -hmm. And they would, learn the trade, right? And though we are advocates for not living, trying to live vicariously through your kids or force them to uh, Mm -hmm. do take over the family business, if that's not calling and not what God has for them, there is an element of passing down Mm -hmm. purposefully the things that you have been taught, the Mm -hmm. skills that you have so that they are more prepared. And I think that what's cool about like biblical community, even just thinking about our son, Austin, like he, he has been an apprentice for podcast editors, video editors, videographers. He's done apprentice work in construction. He's done, I mean, he, multiple people with construction. Um, He's learned mechanic stuff that Isaac wasn't like super into doing True. because he didn't have a dad and guys in our church were like, Hey, come over and I'll teach you how to change out your transfer case. Yeah. Like, what is that? Right. <laughs> yeah. So looking at that and going a lot of times parents, I think get this, like they feel this pressure to have to be it all and yeah. do it all. And I just think that the beauty that's in the body of Christ is that you don't have to. Mm. Yeah. When you're humble and you see the giftings that your brothers and sisters in Christ have, you can all help each other in raising yeah. them. Yeah. 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 That's, that's a nod to the, mm-hmm. the greater plan and the value the Lord has with community, I feel. And even more specifically, just the house church model and the strength of that community, which we might get into in a little bit. But on the other side of this, I think a lot of people don't think of their family as a place they go and bring their gifts to, but rather a place to energize them to go do work. And I think in God's economy, it's like, it's reversed. You know, the family is the first mission. And Mm -hmm. the reason I say that is because, you know, we get questions sometimes or I'll read online or I'll see people, um, just kind of missing the mark on the idea and the value of family 
in the strength of your family and the, in the hierarchical structure of how it all works as being the core strength, not just of you and your family, but of society mm-hmm. at large. Um, I, and it, yeah. I, I remember that you're so such a good point, Jeremy. I remember a time where I was literally leading directly and indirectly thousands of young adults in our organization. And I remember realizing, I think someone, a mentor talked to me or something that, even though that impact is really big, the impact with my family is bigger. Mm-hmm. And you really realize it. Let's say someone has this listening in has three kids. Those three kids, are you really parenting just three kids? Well, no, actually. Let's say every your three kids have three kids, and that oh. goes generations deep, and everybody Dude. has three kids. It ends yeah. up being like 365 kids, six generations mm-hmm. later, not counting all the spouses. Mm-hmm. So are you really <laughs> three? You're not parenting three. And, and if you do, I, we did the math on us. Yeah. If, if our kids each have four on average, just one more than three, it ends up being like over 2,000. Yeah. So, so the impact is tremendous because you're literally discipling these people, not only in the word of God, but the way to be and to impact in the world and for the kingdom of God. Yeah. It's amazing. It's, it's truly leaving a legacy. But you know, it's interesting because a lot of people like to quote this scripture that people without vision will perish, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if you actually look at that scripture just before it, the verses that are just before it are actually in regards to parenting. And mm-hmm. so there's a real need for parents to have vision. Now, not everyone's wired to be a visionary, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but you can all have vision. And to get vision, you just need to read the the Bible, actually, because God has laid out some very basic missions Mm -hmm. for all of us, like the Great Commission, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like your children, bringing them up in the admonition of the Lord, going out and making disciples of all nations. There's some very basic things, loving your neighbor, love the Lord your God with your whole heart, mind, soul, and strength, right? And so there's all of these aspects that we can look at and go, this is what I need to teach my kids. These is my jurisdiction. Yeah. And to own it and to be purposeful in that. Do you guys have like a family mission statement? Are you guys into that kind of stuff? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I would say it's an organic thing that's um, improving over time and staying relevant to where our family's at. Cool. Love that. So every year we do a process and I probably won't explain the whole process here, but Mm -hmm. uh, the gist of it is we figure out what are the, where's our family culture at? Culture is the ethos. It's the real behavior. It's it's not what you show up and try and show everybody your family's about or like, or when you have guests over and everybody's on their best behavior, it's what's real. Yeah. So you, you look at the real culture of your family and then you go, okay, what's going well and what's could be improved. What's going well with me as a father? What's going well? Angie is the is the mom, and then our marriage. And we look at all that, and we go, "Hey, what are some rhythms or things, cultural statements that are going to drive us towards improving this in the next year?" Mm-hmm. And then we launch them with we meet and discuss, and we launch them with our family. I'll give you an example: um, we versus me. And I always yeah. they're all catchy little phrases or. Eagles versus seagulls. Eagles versus seagulls. Um, <laughs> not being a follower, but being a leader. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's good. 
And so um, what's another one? Consume, con no, producers versus consumers. Yeah. Um, and, so having a balance yeah. of consuming, doing your art, whatever your yes. art is, yeah, versus mm -hmm. just consuming. So things like that. And we do some more detailed stuff too, but I think that's the most relevant. Yeah. I mean, if people want to learn more about that process, we actually did a couple podcasts in season one of the Courageous Parenting podcast oh, yeah. on that. And we've shared in our Insta stories the whole process that we go through because Isaac and I actually, he leads us going through and evaluating the last year's um, just culture drivers that we all have. And we mm -hmm. actually, all of us meet as a family. Yeah, your big whiteboard thing. We have like our the best. Isaac pictures of everybody's new, um, yeah, yeah, just the, the drivers that we have as a family. So we usually have like one word, but then we also have a phrase. And each of the kids have their own and all that stuff. So. Yeah, and so he takes pictures of their from the previous year and he puts them up on our TV, right? And everybody goes through and they evaluate, they assess, they you know, encourage they encourage one another, and then they make new ones and they share those new ones so everybody knows. Anyway, that's awesome. Yeah. And that's like, I mean, again, going back to what you're talking about earlier, like that's something you would do at a company, like goal setting, right? Like it just, it looks a little bit different with words and phrases, but yeah. it's still very similar in nature. Like if we're doing these things in our job, like why wouldn't we do it with raising our kids when like, that's even more important. That's going to have like long-term like impact. Oh, yeah. And so, yeah. So, you know, I think one of the most helpful things, um, you know, not just for us, but for a lot of people listening is, uh, you know, where's like a good, a lot of people haven't set up structure are just now, we have a somewhat of a younger audience. And mm -hmm. so when I think of like, be, when I think of a man wanting to like have a, um, a healthy or a woman wanting to have like a healthy family structure, like where's, I mean, you know, look to scripture. Yes, that's great. It's, it helps having mentors, helps having people older that can walk you through it. But if you guys were to give like one or two mm -hmm. like practices or things to do to start improving your family culture, like, you know, what would that be? The first thing I would say to the guys is that you need to not blame your past. Hmm. You need to not have any excuses in you for why you can't rise up or be a better father or have a better picture in your mind for something. So be honest with yourself if there are, because I don't have a background that is anything like what we're doing now. And I was, you know, fatherless a lot of the time and no structure and none of these things. And so I would say, humble yourself and be open to learning mm -hmm. and to improve. And then I think you have some good wisdom on the structure yeah. stuff. So, you know, as far as like a healthy structured home, women underestimate the power of influence that they actually have. I think that moms have wives have a very sacred influence in their homes. We believe in biblical gender roles within our marriage and in our home. And, and so Isaac is definitely the head of our household. Um, but there's a lot of respect. We definitely are not of the like patriarchal movement by any means. Mm -hmm. And um, I really embrace my role. And so over the years, as he was working outside of the home, that meant that I was running the household. That is my jurisdiction. Yeah, and yeah. So, um, owning my responsibilities, owning the jurisdictions that God has given me, even if I didn't know what I was doing. So I'll give you an example. When we first got married, I did not know how to cook. 
I didn't know the first thing about cooking, mm. let alone like any, how to heal from anything naturally. I didn't, I didn't know any of that kind of stuff. I, you know, it was Tylenol, Motrin, Mucinex, Robitussin. That was what I was familiar with, right? Or yeah, going to yeah. the antibiotics. And so like you could literally take any topic of homemaking. I did not know what I was doing. Man, interesting. Okay. And so I had to literally go and seek out either people to mentor me or start learning and be productive. Mm. And so, um, you know, reading books is something that I did a lot of, especially the first eight years that we were married. Yeah, um, We had like, um, I think our first six kids were born in the first 10 years of our marriage. Um, mm. but the first like six years, but there was also no social media, you guys. So there was yeah. no, mm-hmm. there was no blogs didn't exist. Yeah, Books t- is what, how you got your information. Yeah. Right. And so, so what's it, like a power, what was like this, this book, this was the like encyclopedia for me. Well, it depends on what the topic is. I was actually just sharing with um, some of the women in our courageous parenting program. I love the prescription for nutritional healing. That's one of the books that I have used regarding health for my family. It talks about herbs. It talks about just normal vitamins, supplements, cooking, all these different aspects. Right. Um, but then I have like my desk reference guide for oils. So there's, there's different resources for different things. Um, as far as like starting to homeschool, which a lot of people are thrown into right now. Right. Uh, Like (laughs) I did not want to homeschool you guys. Like I didn't know what that was about. And you guys homeschool just for the record a lot. We didn't mention that earlier. And did you all homeschool all of them all the way? Yes, except Kelsey was in first grade. Yeah, and we tried it out. And most, I think, I was super against homeschooling. Angie was more open open to it at the time. And I I don't want my kids to turn out weird. I don't want them to be, you know, socially awkward and all these things. We're gonna have fun (laughs) kids. They have to understand how to be in the world if they're gonna influence the world, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so first grade, but we just that experience of having her in first grade. It wasn't uh, compelling for her. Um, the the, par- the parents weren't doing a great job, so the kids were already having crushes on boys and talking At six about years it. Years old. And, oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh yeah. Guys, and how much worse is it's it now? Way worse now. I mean, Kelsey's what eighteen, and now it's like she's almost twenty. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So way worse now. <laughs> I used to drive her home every day, and I would ask, "Oh, so tell me about recess. Tell me about the classroom, and all these things." And it was just not helpful for her and so we decided to homeschool and we have ever since so we're in this debate right now this this just this (laughs) we are oh we're going there we're going there well okay i'm more inclined here's the thing i believe that the educational system is due for just some some sort of restructure Mm -hmm. specifically the higher end education we're not going to get all into it and whatnot but as far as like, okay, wow, in, in like two years, I don't even know when, Ember's going to be hitting preschool, mm-hmm. um, you know, and then there's kindergarten for like, what are, what are we, what are we going to be doing? And I'm more inclined to engage in the homeschool discussion. <laughs> I'm saying this very politely. <laughs> and, that was good. Nice that job. was really good. That was, that was really yeah. fun. Yes. <laughs> and, and Aj is, is more uh, uh. in your shoes, Isaac. And so we're like having this discussion and the world's just getting crazier. And especially as believers and especially with, 
America, let's just say, like turning a leaf on on we're now in a completely post-Christian society. Yeah. And that's that's changing a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think we should run and flee from any of it, but I am starting to like question what do we do? Yeah. I think I mean well, from for on it, yeah. Oh, sorry. I was just gonna add just one thing because just for context, like Jared and I both had really great experiences with each of our schooling experiences. Obviously, again, like we were saying earlier, so much has changed, right? So like our experience from when we were growing up, like I recognize like, okay, that's not going to look the same. But like for me, I went to a big public high school. Like my parents did an incredible job of like teaching me in the hours that they were with me. And I was like never swayed by the things of public high school. Like I was just super solid in my faith. I had great Christian friends, like good community, good mentors, like all the way through. Jeremy went to a tiny, tiny private Christian school, like graduating class of 40, which like, again, a lot of times those schools get a really bad rap for like the kids going A-wire and being like super rebellious. But like he had again, like a really great experience, had a really great group of Christian friends that like kept him on the straight and narrow. And so I like, I think for us, like we kind of revert to like, well, we both had pretty good experiences in the schooling system, different schooling types of schooling systems, but good experiences nonetheless. So we have no real like, oh my gosh, public school, like it was the worst thing ever for me. And therefore I'm never going to put my kids there. You know what I mean? No, I totally get it. And you know, it's interesting that you say that is that a lot of times parents, people in general actually make all kinds of parenting decisions based upon what their previous experience Mm -hmm. Yeah, is why Isaac started out by sharing, Hey, my message to guys is don't have any excuses. Like if you didn't grow up with a biblical husband, like dad that showed you what it looked like to be a biblical husband, there's, that's not an excuse for not doing the Mm -hmm. right thing that God's calling you to do. Right. Yes. But it's the reality is, is that we all do this naturally all the time. We make decisions all the time based upon what our experience was. We either do what was done or yeah. we do the opposite based upon yeah. our experiences. Yeah. And so like Isaac and I have very different experiences from our childhood. I had a similar experience to you. I loved public education. Mm. I graduated valedictorian. I loved oh, wow. cool. I did sports. I was a cheerleader in junior high and I started the swim team and the I did basketball thing. and, you know, I did all the things. She would have never talked to me in high school if we were in the same high school. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, like for me, it was like an awesome experience. So when we started having kids, we actually felt convicted to not bring our previous experiences into Mm -hmm. the decision-making process, just as we weren't going to push on our kids what profession they should be pursuing. And like people have different experiences, you where maybe they were bad experiences. We don't want to do something like homeschooling out Out of of fear. fear. No fear-based parenting. Yeah, totally. Anything. Right. Yeah. We're to revere God. The more you revere God, the less you fear anything. Yeah. And so, um, so that's important, but we have to ask ourselves, okay, where's the world at right now in all things, whether it's gender, whether it's, um, what they're uh, teaching anti-God, uh, whether it's, mm-hmm. um, yeah. slow down, whether they're actually teaching relevant things for yeah. what kids are going to be doing. So you, you look at, okay, 10, how old are your kids right now? Let's say three and four. You have a three and a four year old, someone listening. Well, when are they launching from your home? That's full like 15 years from now. Yeah. In 15 years, with the speed of change, what is the world going to be like 
15 years from now. So we're not equipping our kids to watch today. And a lot mm -hmm. of times we naturally feel like, oh, things are okay because slowly things are changing. But actually in 15 years, what are the jobs going to be like? Well, there's going to be totally different things. Machine learning, artificial intelligence is going to be huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. bad with all those things. But they need, they need a different kind of equipping. And if you want them to be believers, now kid, parents can't save their kids, but we can do a lot to influence them and equip them and disciple them. Mm -hmm. and, and mold their worldview. So, That's good. Yeah. So what are we are doing? We're equipping them for then, not today. And it's important yeah. to think about that. And what he's talking about specifically is that what are the skills that are going to be most needed right? Soft skills, social skills. You've got a world that is so into social media that people are actually anti-social. Yeah. So there's a whole problem that this have able to do public speaking or communicate their convictions in a way where people can receive them without getting offensive and they can deal with conflict mm -hmm. and all the interpersonal skills, right? That kind of stuff is not necessarily being taught actually, right? Yeah, and totally. So in like when you look at how the education system is set up, it was obviously built in the industrial revolution when they needed factory mm -hmm. workers mm -hmm. and things are going to be different in their future to where we robots will probably be the future factory workers. Right. And yeah. so yeah. what we need Crazy. to be educating our kids for is to be running those factories or mm -hmm. running ministries or whatever it is. And so there's a whole, like Isaac was saying, new skill set. But regarding making the actual decision, I think what it takes is people taking the rose tinted glasses off mm -hmm. and just being really honest about the fruit that they see, not that they experience, that they currently see coming yeah. out of the education system. Yeah. And if they can go, oh, wow, I want my kids to be like them, their kids, their kids, their kids, their kids, that's awesome. Mm. If you can't say that, and I'm talking about evaluating all different aspects. How are their family relationships? Are the kids respectful to their parents? Do they love the Lord? Are they living on purpose? Are they equipped? Are they productive? Are they actually independent learners? Like, mm. you know, just all these different aspects. Um, mm. And I, I just don't feel like the education system does that. Do you yeah. know what I mean? No, totally. Mm -hmm. Yeah, super interesting. Yeah. And that's really good insight. I mean, well, hold on. Do you guys see like when I think of also the home, the an alternative to traditional education, homeschooling being one of them, resources have got to be improving every year. I assume there's like a, a, a super large support group. But I think ourselves included and a lot of people don't really know much about it. Well, um, and I would just add to that twofold question. <laughs> what are you guys seeing? Like just, you know, relevant to this cultural moment that we're in right now where everyone literally across the country and world in some sense is homeschooling. Mm -hmm. Do you guys see like there's going to be a shift towards this in the future? Or do you guys see like there's going to be massive pushback against it because of what we're going through right now? Answer chair first. Sorry. <laughs> I think that the first thing you have to be aware of is everybody's going through something new, even if you're already homeschooled, because there is a challenge to proper socialization right now because everybody's in their own homes. Right. And so we have to keep that in mind that normally there's all kinds of social opportunities mm -hmm. when you homeschool. Yeah, our uh, whole schedule is off. Yeah, so there yeah. could be pushback just because they're like, this is hard when it's not yeah. hard. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, so having a real perspective that's realistic is going to be difficult for people if they like 
in one sense, this is like a free trial to try it out, right? In that sense. But they're also like, usually when you choose to homeschool, you go to a homeschool conference, maybe you read a couple books on homeschooling, you prepare before you actually do it, right? Like you choose curriculums because yeah, there's yeah, so yeah. many options. But that's just not the case right now. People are being sent home without curriculums like you were sharing. And so mm-hmm. um, I think that there's a need for there to be teaching. Isaac and I are actually working on a project to be able to help people out with this because we don't know how long this is going to go on, actually. Yeah. Um, and so I do think that, there, that this could be very redemptive for a lot of families because when you're in close mm-hmm. quarters, guess mm-hmm. what happens? Yes, like, for you sure. rub each other wrong sin comes out, mm-hmm. selfishness, all those things to where you're like, parents could literally be like, I want my kids to be out of here. Like I see that on social media all the time. And I'll be honest, that actually breaks my heart. Instead, yeah. perspective should be, thank you, Lord, that I can yes. see so that I can work on this character flaw right now. I can work mm. on this sin right now. Yeah. And you know, there's also the aspect of friendships too. Like this is an opportunity. If people's kids have like bad friendships, this is a detox from that. I, hope, awesome. I, I really hope people dig in and mm-hmm. have conversations with their kids during this time and discover things they may not be aware of when they're in the hustle bustle of life. Yeah. Um, because then they can find out about those friendships. They can find out what the curriculum mm-hmm. is that they're actually learning and what they're not learning, what they are. And mm-hmm. you can start to evaluate hey, what's important to you. One of the things I like about homeschooling is public speaking is super important to me. I always felt like no matter what, how someone's wired, they need to be able to influence and convey messages with confidence. Yeah. Lots of people. And that's always going to be a skill that's needed. So mm-hmm. teach it to them. This is your chance. Wow. Yeah. Boom. I mean, that's so good. Yeah. We've really felt like just, even, I mean, obviously we have a two-year-old, so it's yeah. just not that, <laughs> it's not that crazy over here. Um, well, hold but, on a second. It actually is. If to those, I mean, to those listening, like to, Aj, we're on video with Isaac and Angie right now. And <laughs> I, we've both gotten up once to, yeah, Ember's like, like screaming in the other room. Kids. For some reason she's awake and I go over there and she wants me to turn her around in the bed. And I'm like, Ember, you can turn yourself around in the bed. <laughs> And so I turn her around and put the blankets on her and I say, now go nine nine. She goes, okay. And it's like, she just wanted to be turned around in the bed, but she's screaming in the other room. We're trying to do a podcast in here. And it's like, you guys have nine kids and we're the ones getting up. Getting trying up to like, multiple times. Audrey's already breastfed here. For, <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyways. No, but I, I, I want to encourage everybody that no matter how many kids you have, it's a new normal. Yeah. And it's not easy. Yeah. It, yeah. Is, it is not easy, but it's worth it. Mm. totally and your capacity grows as you experience more things and sometimes you go i could never imagine having my fourth kid or my third kid or oh, what, man, whatever we the felt number that is way all the time. we felt that way <laughs> and i just want to encourage you that god prepares you mm. he grows your capacity and thank goodness it's not all at once we didn't have all eight kids at one time yeah, right yeah right so like it, <laughs> Yeah, I think that a lot of times there's these myths, right, surrounding big families or homeschool families or mm-hmm. um, just like what what their family is like and where they came from. And you guys like homeschooling, for example, because we're talking about that, that's like a whole different thing that we knew nothing about. Mm-hmm. And so we've had to be self-taught independent learners and in figuring out how to teach. And like, Aj, I can totally relate to you because mm. I, 
And I shared this a few days ago. I did not want to homeschool. I never wanted to be a teacher when I was yeah. a kid. It was at the bottom of the list of things I wanted to do. Mm. I hated it. I, nope, nope, didn't want to do that. And so like the fact that I'm here is actually just, it, it's what happens when you just do what God calls you to one step at a time, one day at a time. And, mm, yeah. and we never thought we'd do it all the way through. Can I just say that? Like we took one year at a time, always held yeah. it open-handed to the Lord and said, God, what do you have for this kid this year? Yeah. And it just so happens that, you know, putting Kelsey in first grade was the best thing for us because that's what actually gave us the conviction yeah. to do yeah. it. But right. every year I worried, am I going to fail my kid? Are they going to be dumb because I don't know what I'm doing? <laughs> or like, I literally yeah. would think of stuff. Yeah. And let me just say, um, you guys, the Tolpins here, Isaac and Angie have some of the brightest, yeah. smartest. Yeah, they're not going to say that. So we do I know, need to say that for wisest them. <laughs> kids that we have ever met. And specifically Austin. Uh, how old's Austin? 19? 16. No. He's 16. Holy smokes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm... Every time I see Austin, I'm like, this dude's got to be like 26, and he he's just you know what he's, his, he's like he's, he's almost a peer. six year old. <laughs> he he what? Yeah, all, all the men at church hang out with him, like go, hey Austin, let's go do this. And- dude, he's just like on top of it. He's smart. He's he like knows scripture. He he's confident. Like I, you could put him in front of a camera to like convey a point. You could also ask him. You could have debate scripture with him, and then you could go like shoot guns with him. Yeah. He's just this well-rounded. <laughs> yeah, my thought though is is like you guys have a lot of fruit, mm. and you know we're talking about homeschooling, and one of the reasons I'm interested in it is because when I when I do the math and add up the hours. Six hours kids are in school, eight hours if they do sports, set, um, five days a week. You span that over 15 years. You're not parenting your kid. Well, you, you're parenting your kids, but in the off hours. I'm like, I want to parent my kid the majority of their life. And, you know, this is, I'm saying this just to honor you guys, but like, and have them turn out to be like Austin, like a kid who's like <laughs> just well rounded at that age and just totally capable. And I just, when you said earlier, what do you, where do you see the fruit? You know, with you guys specifically, mm. I see a lot of really, really great fruit. And I think that comes from good perspective and being in the word and grounding your, yourselves in truth and community. And there's a lot of pieces that goes into, um, I don't want to say success, but um, healthy that's living. A, yeah. That's an important point that came to my mind as you're doing this. We have, Angie and I have taught that you always want your kids to look at you as the most important teacher. Hmm. And if you aren't maintaining that influence role, what happens is you gradually lose influence into the teenage years when it matters most. Hmm. And then they don't ask your advice anymore. Hmm. And now they're asking other people people that value the world more than biblical things advice and they discount you. That's good. It's a really important. So even if you public school, you need to educate them and be the teacher still. Mm-hmm. So now there's extra time in the evening mm-hmm. that you need to be doing that in the weekends mm-hmm. to offset and re- maintain in that teacher position in the most influential person position in their well, life. Well, and in addition, I mean, one of the That's things good. we've encouraged parents who are in the courageous parenting program, because by no means do people need to do everything that we've done, no. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, 
But we do encourage them that if they're in the education system, they need to evaluate the curriculums. They need to know what is in the textbooks and what their teachers are teaching them as much as possible. And then the reality is you're going to need to detox your kids off of some of the false teachings and false doctrines that are actually being indoctrinated to them, whether it's evolution, gender topics, all kinds of things, right? Mm, Yeah. To come in with the Bible and fix it. Yeah. And so um, there, the, there's that element. So if parents are not willing to do that step, then even when they're homeschooling, though, it's not like you don't educate them. Mm-hmm. Like that's the thing about with courageous parenting is guys, we want to equip courageous Christian kids for an uncertain world. Like yeah. they need to know what other people believe so that they can have an answer to them for why they believe what they believe, which means you have to mm-hmm. educate on both like our kids yes. know about evolution and creation they know they know the debates they know all about the world and love all the it. challenges of the world and they also know biblical truth and if you don't teach both you're crippling them yeah 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 that is yeah. so important yeah okay i want to ask this is just personal question but maybe some of the listeners will That's have really wrestled with this question too and it will be helpful and if i'm putting you too much on the spot and you don't have a great answer are, for it you can quick, pass are you getting off uh, no Okay. It's in, it's in the same topic. But for me, one of my like biggest wrestling things with it with homeschooling is just that I feel like it would be a lot harder to give your kids opportunities to share the gospel with non-believers because majority of the time they're going to be around in church circles or you know, maybe it's a Christian sports team or like whatever they're a part of, the siblings, the friends. You might have neighbors, but like, how did you guys, I mean, obviously your children are very ready to preach the gospel in and out of season. Like I've seen it. So how do you, what did you guys do to prepare them for that? Because I feel like for me, that was something that the public school system did do for me was like, I just had so much practice doing that in sports, in school with my friends. And so I was like really, really prepared to do that by the time I went to college and I needed it even more then. So I'm just curious, like, what kinds of things you guys did for that? Well, first of all, I think it's really cool that you were prepared to do that. And your parents obviously helped you to do that. And that's, that's, that's awesome. Um, I think that um, our kids experience a lot. We did a podcast on 11 reasons why we homeschool. They're not all of these reasons. Some of them are, we like flexibility and to be mm-hmm. able to do things and experience things whenever we want to with our kids. I so love for- that. So, okay, so we're talking to Jeremy Enneagram nine here. <laughs> so we did a three, we did a three month RV trip around the United States. I was still working from a laptop. Such an education. Yeah, it was amazing. We yeah. saw three, four states in three months. I was seven and eight, nine oh my months. Gosh, I know. In the summer. In the summer, I know. We were literally like hiking around Yellowstone, hiking around Washington D.C., all over the East Coast. It was incredible. And, and we've done lots of shorter trips, even during the school year and stuff. Yeah, and, yeah. And so that brings opportunities for them to watch us be a witness to the mm-hmm. waitress, to wherever we're at, to family um, members who aren't for yeah. for them to have those conversations. But the the reality too is. When you're in the Christian circles, there's a good portion of Christians that aren't truly walking Mm. the Lord. Yeah. Mm. And so there isn't a lacking of opportunity, actually. What we're finding Mm. is when you stand strong for biblical truth and walking in righteousness and being a leader, those opportunities are all around you. Mm. They're everywhere. Like we've witnessed um, 
our son at times have to like encourage other guys to walk away from sin and to, he has been that bold person in their life going, no, dude, this isn't okay. And mm. I can spend time with you until this changes. He's had plenty like, in his Christian circles. Right. Yeah. And that was like in homeschool co-ops kind of situations. Right. And so yeah. it, the Isaac is totally right. But then the, there's also the Elma when you homeschool, it's not okay. like you don't do sports. Yeah, like totally. They're still doing sports. Yeah. So they're like Drew and Luke do soccer every fall. They were going to be doing it in the spring, but everything's Austin did canceled. Basketball and he played on <laughs> yeah, yeah. basketball team. Yeah. yeah, and that was a huge opportunity. Um, we've, we could just go on and on with all of the different opportunities that the kids have had. But I also think that there's this element of realizing that Jesus actually sent out the disciples when they were adults and they were mm-hmm. two by two. Yeah. And Jesus waited till he was 30 to do his ministry. And so like if we're modeling or we're trying to follow what Jesus did, mm-hmm. there's this totally. element of like, do we, is it wise to send are they ready? By themselves? Yeah. And are they ready? Mm-hmm. Right. And are they actually saved? Like is the four-year-old that's going to preschool really actually saved? Mm-hmm. Someone who's saved can't lead someone to salvation. Do you see what I'm saying? Yep. And totally. So, really like taking our, again, the rose tinted glasses off and going, who is my child? Mm-hmm. And have I discipled them? Have, have they been evangelized to? And this, that's like the key part that so many parents miss because they don't realize, like you were saying, Jeremy, like your family yeah. is your first ministry. It's, Amen. we're able to do the great commission yeah. with our kids. And actually if we want to be qualified to be doing ministry later, then we need mm. to get it right with our families first. Otherwise we disqualify ourselves in 10 yeah. yeah, It's a test of qualification. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So I, I just think Good. there's this huge element of people need to think bigger beyond their right now. It's kind of mm-hmm. the message that keeps coming up and all these different things, right? Like yeah. Yeah. we're preparing our kids for, and you know, being really involved in your kids' lives and their relationships and knowing the parents yeah, and some people might be going, this sounds exhausting. Yeah. yeah. It's a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. It is a lot of work. But you know what? Once you get one through, I mean, once we got Kelsey through high school, it was like every year I was like, oh, can I do this? Well, oh. you said this in the beginning that not everybody's a visionary, but if you're a parent, vision is required. And the reason is, is because you can't stay the course in the tough stuff if you're not seeing the vision mm-hmm. way out there. Right have to have a vision for how you want your kids to be, how you want your grandkids to be, and beyond mm-hmm. that, and have, having this legacy of impact if you're going to do the mundane, hard things and keep doing them in the moment. Yeah. I, I love, Isaac, how you say that, but then you also said earlier, you know, you guys took it one year at a time with your kids. Like, because yes. I think a lot of people like in our season can feel very overburdened by like, I got to make this decision for all of my kids for the rest of now. Whoa. Like that seems I like a lot, totally, but it yeah. seems like so much less of a burden. And it seems like so much more of an approachable decision to be able to go like, okay, we're, we have vision for our family. This is like, these are the key values and things that we want long-term, but like, Let's, you know, make, let's weigh this decision every year. Maybe we start in public school. Maybe we switch to private school. Maybe we start in homeschool. Maybe we switch back. Like maybe we go on a road trip for an entire year. Like, I don't know, but like going, like reassessing every year. And I feel like that's part of like just being willing to change and be teachable too, you know, and, and assess each kid and realizing that each kid is different. And 
And yeah. also when Isaac was talking about yep. generations, multiple generations, there's also another element that you need to consider as well, right? So yeah. for us, we're first generation homeschoolers mm -hmm. in that sense. Isaac's first generation in a lot of things um, regarding <laughs> faith and just different yeah. things like that, right? And so for us, we've had to view ourselves as we're pioneers. We're going to envision what we dream for and we're going to shoot big. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah sky's the limit with the Lord and that's the adventure. Right. But at the same time, like we need to think about our grandkids going to need to be homeschooled. And if so, am I training my daughter and my son to be able to homeschool them? Mm -hmm. And if they haven't been homeschooled, they're going to be experiencing the same, like, Oh, I don't know what that's like. <laughs> and I can't make this decision mm -hmm. versus if they were homeschooled. Well, then they're like, Oh, I can do this. Yeah. It's like in nature. And the reality is in two, three generations, we may like, it may be like you for sure. Absolutely have to. You yeah. Know what yeah. I mean? yeah. Right. Almost there already. Yeah. I would say yeah. we're, we're, so we're about there, but we're also at, I mean, there are also a huge sector of people that want to make homeschooling illegal. It's just like this weird battle yeah. that, that keeps going. And, and, you know, to anyone listening, I just want to put the the caveat out there, you know, we're having a conversation about homeschooling, but we're not saying homeschooling is the way. Although I'm interested in it. Aud Audrey is too. Yeah, and by the way, we don't judge whether they homeschool or not. We're yeah. Not yeah. Yep. Totally. And so I just want to put that caveat out there. Like this is yeah. an interesting discussion. I think there's a lot of benefits to homeschooling. I'm really interested in it. And, but you know, to, to our listeners who, who, know quite a bit about our life <laughs> we are in this this like this wrestle right now this season of of starting to really process like what we're going to want to do with ember for her first couple years you know what i mean and we're and you know i we didn't even really intend to like make a lot of this podcast about homeschooling but that just kind of was the nature of the conversation but you know we're still we still have like a couple years i mean we're getting mm -hmm. there to decide but we still have like a couple years but i also want to ask you guys you know we do have a lot of listeners that are in our season of life where young toddlers at home, you know, they're not quite to the schooling season yet, or they're just starting their families. Obviously you guys have incredible insight and wisdom. What would you guys say to people that are in our season of life right now? Like, what do you really wish you would have known when you were like raising your first two toddlers? Well, I wish, mm with my first two, I really wish I wouldn't have taken their sins so personally. Mm. I wish I would have not let the two year old get to me. Mm. That makes sense. Like if I, now I'm so much more like long suffering with the kids, I guess is the best way to think yeah. about it. But I look at them and I go, Angie, are you really going to let the three year old make you angry? Like really? Mm. And then I go, they're so cute. No, I'm not like, and, and then I'm able to be calm. Do you know what I mean? And we just need to be calm. Oh, and yeah. we're calm, they mimic our calm. Mm. And so we like we teach a lot of that kind of stuff in the Courageous Parenting Mentor Program. We actually don't even really teach about homeschooling, although it has come up in a couple of Facebook lives recently because the whole yeah. world is doing it. Yeah. But the reality is, is most of what we teach is what you're asking about, about structuring yeah. your day, about the most important um routines to have in your home. We talk about many different family creative times that you can have in your home so that your kids feel like they know what to expect mm -hmm. so they can thrive. Um, we talk about all kinds of aspects to, from purity 
you know, um, because that's actually a conversation that you need to start having with your kids when they're little. We call them yeah. warm up conversations. Here's There's like one conversation that you have yeah. with them when they're older. You have many that warm it up so that they're comfortable to talk to you about it when they're older. Amen. Right. Mm -hmm. I would say for the guys too, that there's this myth out there that a lot of times guys believe and I believed when my first kids were very young, which is I'm going to hustle as hard as I can right now in my career, my work, my business, mm. and I'm going to get things set up. So when it really matters, I can spend more time with them. There's a couple reasons that's a myth. First of all, the most important years are from zero to seven, actually. Performing for, their worldview. Performing their worldview and who yeah. they are, all these things. And even though they don't, because a lot of times we think, well, they don't remember things, so it doesn't matter. No, no, no. Even though they don't remember, they're being formed. Okay, that's, that's an good. important thing for people to remember. And so I would wish I was even more intentional when our first couple of kids were younger because I was working really, really, really hard. Yeah. And you know what? What really matters? And could could I get better and be more efficient with my time and prioritizing things better back then? Absolutely. Could I have stopped in the car and kind of prayed and prepared myself for walking in the door and been more intentional back then? I could have done that and I should have. And that would have been easier on Angie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I do think too that one of the things you didn't ask this, but one of the things that really helped me as a mom, because I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know how to be a stay at home mom. I didn't see that modeled for me. And so I, it was like isolating to have two little kids and be home alone all day. And I'm sure a lot of your listeners have felt that mm. way before. Um, and I just wish that like, well, I'm one of the things I'm thankful for is that I didn't have a lot of things to distract me from being really intentional about learning. And so I did mention books earlier, but I literally took it on myself to figure things out. And I became an independent learner and I started learning how to garden, learning how to sew, mm -hmm. learning how to can, learning how to whatever it was. And a lot of it ended up being very pioneer, like in the sense of like even birthing natural, like people thought I was crazy that I wanted to have a water birth, like, yeah. and you know, and I share that kind of stuff in redeeming childbirth, but like being confident in who I was and not second guessing that all the time. Like I constantly was struggling with that people pleaser that was in me of like, am I making other people feel bad if I choose to do this or if I don't choose to do this or, and I thought that way about homeschooling. I thought that way about how I'd have my babies, where I'd have my babies, what I fed my babies, like all the things. And really it's actually just between you and God. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. That's, and yeah. so we need stop comparing. Yeah. And we just need to look to his word. We need to be in alignment with our spouses and we just need to do the next right thing. Yeah. Yep. Do the next right yeah. thing. That's for really, really family, good. right? For mm -hmm. our family, because it might be different from family to family too. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Really, really good. That's really good. Yeah. When I, when I think of, as you were talking, I was also thinking, you know, the whole, just going back to the homeschooling thing, um, quality. Sorry, I this don't you? <laughs> I what? Well, I'm, no, I'm I'm more thinking like, you know, we're, we're in unique situations, but like the cost of living in America is is growing, and it's just simply an impossible option for so 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 many people. Um, and I was just kind of processing in my brain of like of you know 
we're we're America's in an interesting time, and I think this pandemic, this this current you know current moment we're living in, is really awoken a lot of people to. It's awoken America from the slumber we've been in, and it, we're like stirring in our sleep. And a lot of people are like, you know, yawning and waking up to, you know, <clears throat> just the reality that that you know we are actually living our life. <clears throat> and um, yeah, I just you know. I think the nothing is going, babe. Well, I just was going to say like, and I think that the Lord has really positioned you guys in a cool spot where like you guys have been doing homeschool, home church, home birth, home everything (laughs) for a long time. And that's like now the world, like we need to be looking to you for like how we do this thing now. Like what are we doing here? You know? And really like that is our reality right now, you know, like, so many people are like, I mean, I have pregnant friends that are like, can my spouse go to the hospital with me? And like yeah. now reconsidering their options and they never considered having a home birth and like, oh, it's oh my gosh, where do, what do I do? <laughs> like, it's just like a crazy. Well, yeah, I think, I think people time. are used to experts telling them how things should be. Mm-hmm. And we live in a world where we want people to tell us that know better than us what to do. Yeah. And I think what when challenges like this happen, you start actually thinking again. Yeah. To actually think. I'm not talking about normal thinking. I'm talking about critical thinking mm-hmm. where you're weighing things with real wisdom. The Bible is where the w- real wisdom is. And looking at things without the rose-tinted glasses, as Angie would talk about, and going, hey, what are my jurisdictions? My jurisdiction is to, to educate my kids in the best way possible. My jurisdiction is to love and provide and protect my wife in the best way possible. And so how, so if I start thinking about it, you start to gravitate towards different choices, actually, than the so-called experts are telling you. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying there aren't experts we shouldn't listen to. Yeah, right. We should be wary of advice. We should be careful yeah. who we allow to speak into our lives because everybody has an agenda. And unless you know their fruit yep. and, you, and you know them for a long time, mm-hmm. you really shouldn't trust people's advice. And I think that there's this element too of every advice needs to be filtered through the word of God. Like that was part of why I wrote Redeeming Childbirth. There was no other Christian books out on pregnancy and birth. And it was like frustrating, all the new age stuff that I had to filter through mm-hmm. to where I was like, I need something for myself. I need something <laughs> for my daughters. Other Christian women need something that's just biblical based, right? And, but all of us need that for everything. Right. And so we're not anti-doctors. We no. actually are for doctors. Isaac Scott. Oh, what a mother. blessing. Yeah. We have doctors in our family. Um, but I would say having a healthy perspective is being able to go, I'm going to try to treat this at home as best as I can. I'm going to be proactive. I'm going to be intentional. I'm going to learn this as much as I can. And if that doesn't work, then I go get help versus just going to get help right away. Because the reality is, is God doesn't want any idols in our lives. And so many people think like there's an element of where you could make an idol out of the natural things. And we don't want to go to that extreme, but are we making an idol out of Western doctors if we're just running straight to them too? And so Hmm. first step is to pray and ask God for wisdom do what you can and be proactive. And then if it doesn't work or if you need help, go get help. But our society hasn't been trained to do that. Have we, we just go straight to the authorities. Like Isaac was saying, well, it goes back to the education problem too. 
It, exactly. And yeah. so we're, it's we're literally, literally every aspect is mm -hmm. like this. So raising our kids to be independent, not codependent, yeah, mm -hmm. but be humble to where they can learn from other right. people. That first starts with us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, totally. Really good. Yeah. And for you guys, and we're probably we're getting maybe a little bit closer to our time, but like for you guys as a couple, I mean, you guys have been through so much parenting, schooling, life, biz, multiple businesses, multiple ministries, you know, Angie, seasons of work, seasons of not moving, renting, all kinds of different things that you guys have been through that, I mean, even just in our, you know, carriage. Yeah. Yeah. And even in like our two years of being in Ben yeah. with you guys, like we watched you guys go through so much, like, it's just crazy. Um, but sorry, the internet, I think glitched for like a second there, but, um, I, how do you guys say super solid in your marriage through these things? Like what, what's kind of your guys's mm -hmm. lifeline? What have been things that have been like very helpful to keep you guys connected and communicating and putting each other first? Yeah, I think, you know, our marriage from the beginning, we made some rules. We're never going to talk about divorce. That word's never going to come up. It's not part of our vocabulary. It's not part of our, our vocabulary. We're always going to have mentors and uh, holy, open uh, accountability with devices and things like that. She has access to everything in my world. Mm -hmm. I have access to everything in her world. So, mm -hmm. um and then what's also helped obviously is clinging to the Lord. I mean, we've, I'll just share a super quick story, but probably our biggest challenge was when my business failed and we had a half a million in debt following us. And, um, we just had a baby our seventh baby and, uh, there was no income coming in. And, uh, it was a, it was a very, very challenging season after having abundance for a long, long time. Yeah. And we just clung to the Lord. We trusted God and God showed miracle after miracle after miracle during that season uh, as we clung to the Lord and I couldn't believe it. And I think it's because I was leading well with my family, not perfectly, but well, that when that challenge happened, my family clung to me and we clung together to versus Lord, yeah. and to the Lord. In fact, it was, you were so supportive. It was unbelievable. And the kids were like, let's do this, dad. Let's figure out a way to rent the RV and let's figure out a way to do this. And they we were like being innovative. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. we worked hard though. I mean, like when Isaac's yeah. business wow. went under, it was crushing. I mean, we had to sell cars to pay rent. We had to sell things, right? Just to buy groceries. Yeah. yeah. But the biblical community that we were living in, you guys were part of that. Also, they were literally it was the body of Christ in our life. And yeah. he used the hands and feet of Jesus to minister to us. And that would bring hope to us. But man, we, we worked hard. And part of it was, and I think that that's what God calls us to. He doesn't want us to ever be idle. And so working hard, using the gifts he's given you, being willing to go into new arenas that you aren't familiar with. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it was humbling and it was really hard for us for a long time. Um, we call it our Job years. There were actually five years because we also lost a baby and I almost died during that time through the hemorrhage True. and stuff. And so there was a lot Man. of things that went on. Um, it was intense. And 
I would say though, looking back at it, like we've always used that triangle image as a good diagram to share with other people. Like I'm on one end and was seeking after God. Isaac was on one end seeking after God and we met at him always. And so as long as we both took personal responsibility for our relationship with God and we were both pursuing him and praying together and praying for each other, we had that commonality together. And um, I would say that trials really reveal a lot in people. Is there real faith or not? And the kids, it was an amazing experience for the kids. It's good for them. Because their faith grew like crazy. In fact, I had to do a whiteboard session every week or two just to show all the ways God was showing up. I just wanted to make One sure week it was they didn't forget, yeah. you know. So I'd, hey, guys, what did God do this week? And mm-hmm. boom, boom, boom. And it was just amazing. Um, and I, I think that, you know, part of that, too, is like trials come. Like the Bible talks about rejoicing when you meet trials of various kinds, my brethren, because it produces a good character and perseverance yeah. and hope, right? And I think a lot of times people protect their kids from that. Mm-hmm. but really we shouldn't, we should let them be a part of it as much as they can on a maturity level. Um, because it's for them to grow also so that they can learn from our mistakes or our hardships. And, and isn't that like the, the thing that kids need to learn is how to actually walk through trials and hardships biblically. We need to lead by example. If they've never experienced death and watched biblical grieving, for example, but here's what yep. happens, honey, is usually we want to protect our kids. Yep. I was just going to say. <laughs> My kids from this. Okay. Now when God pulls through, how can you show them that God yeah. pulled through and did it? Yeah. Because you didn't wow. include them in the experience mm-hmm. of let's trust God and then watch God come through. And by the way, you want your kids' prayers. <laughs> yes. Our kids' prayers. <gasps> Probably what did it. Oh, I love that. Guys, their faith. Like, I remember Ethan. Ethan's our nine. <laughs> that would break my heart. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> His prayers. Like, Whoa. even for the littlest things, because Isaac always taught the kids, God cares about every prayer, even the little prayers. We're on this RV trip, and oh. Isaac just had his heart set on seeing those Grand Tetons in Jackson's Hole. Like, we literally went back right through there again because we want to see that again. But it was pouring down rain. We got the big old RV class A, you know, rain pouring down. Bugs all over the windshield. There's tons of bugs. Actually, yeah. there was It was just bugs. Yeah, and, yeah. And it's like, it's gray. We can't see the mountains, and there's bugs on the windshield. And so Isaac goes, we need to pray that God makes it pour down rain so that I can wipe the bugs off. And then they, he stops the rain and parts the clouds so we can see the mountains. I literally prayed for this. Ethan prayed with me. And no joke, we were like 10 minutes away from getting there. You guys. The sequence of events happened exactly how we asked God to do it. <laughs> all of a sudden it's raining and it pours. So all these bugs get washed off. I do the windshield wipers and I'm like, oh, wow, this is incredible. And then all of a sudden, it stops raining. And then as we approach, it didn't like get all sunny out, but the clouds parted and the rays of the sun came through the clouds, <laughs> hitting the mountains right where we were. And we stopped and I was just like, this is incredible. I'll send you guys a picture, but it oh was my gosh, incredible. That's awesome. And sometimes I think we don't pray in faith in front of our kids because we're like, well, what if it doesn't happen? Yeah. Mm. Is that going to hurt the faith of my kids? Yeah, they need to see that. Right. So you see that and God hears every prayer. He just doesn't answer every prayer in exactly the way we want to. That one he actually did. 
but it, you know, we need to teach them what real, really experiencing God is by our example and including them with it. That's so good. Thank you guys so much. Well, I for think that's that. a perfect note to conclude on. Uh, I also feel like we could keep rambling for another hour. <laughs> yeah. There's just so much to talk about. How much can we squeeze yeah, out of the man. Tulpins? How much can we squeeze out of the Tulpins? Exactly. Uh, yeah. Secretly, we're like, maybe we can get them going for two hours. We can get two episodes out of this. <laughs> um, well, this has been super great. We want to give you guys a second to just, you know, tell us and our audience uh, where we can find you. Give us the links. Give us the Instagrams. Yeah, absolutely. I think the first thing, the Parenting Mentor Program is mm -hmm. a summation of all these experiences, biblical knowledge, and putting it into a digestible form, self-paced format uh, that people can go through. It's 10 hours of curriculum. That's at CourageousParenting.com. Mm -hmm. It is literally God-inspired, and He is taking this thing, and it's transforming families and helping them equip their kids for an uncertain world, which is incredible. So CourageousParenting.com. It's also where the podcast notes are and so forth. Of course, you can find Courageous Parenting Podcast anywhere you listen, iTunes, Google Play, so forth. And then you have CourageousMom.com where she uh, has all kinds of info. Mm -hmm. um, I have the Christian Postpartum Course and my book, Redeeming Childbirth, and also the Biblical Friendship Online Bible Study and the Courageous Mom Bible Study. Um, and then I don't know if you guys knew this, but I'm on Audrey's more than oils team. So yeah. <laughs> there's also that. Got yeah. that oils IG. Yeah. <laughs> so you can find me at courageous.com or courageous mom essentials. With no joke, by the way, your health initiatives in the last week have literally kept me going. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Yeah. It's awesome. There we go. And yeah. uh, we're on Instagram, resolute man. And she's courageous mom, mm -hmm. Facebook as well. Or wherever. Okay, before before we end, we like to ask people, what's one behind the scenes thing you guys have been working on, doing, learning, thinking about lately? We're working on a secret project. It's not a secret anymore, so we're gonna tell you. Yeah, you're gonna tell us. Which is a homeschooling course on Ooh. how to get going with homeschooling, but also if you've been doing it a while, it'll also help you. And it's gonna be a mini course, so we're working on that. Um, cool. And we're also finishing up our, our our parenting books. So that'll be Biblical Motherhood and Biblical Fatherhood. Oh, and there's one more thing. It's a free workshop uh, called, I have the notes oh, right yeah, here, it's Healthy, Healthy Home, Home Mom, Mom, Mom Hacks. Hacks, Oils, Herbs, Supplements, and Clean Homes. I love that. All you guys things. are working on so many things all the time. <laughs> Man. I just can't, can't keep up. <laughs> Well, and we have the free Courageous Parenting Workshop that more than people are more than welcome to go through that. You can find out about that at Courageous Parenting too. It's like 30 minute workshop. Basically, if you add a word to courageous, you'll find the Tolpins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's so good. Okay, well, we love you guys. Yeah, this thank is, you so this much for great. sharing all your insights and just your honesty and vulnerability. And I know our listeners are going to appreciate it a lot. And so did we. So, oh, yeah. so <laughs> learned a lot from you guys. Oh, it was a great time. All right, let's do this again. We'll talk soon, guys. Take okay, care. bye. Wow, what a great conversation. We love Isaac and Angie, and it was so good to finally get them on the show. And I know I dove, uh, you know, I kept pressing on um, uh, homeschooling. There's so much we wanted to talk to them about. And I'll just like, Jerry, you kind of got hung up on homeschooling. <laughs> but they just, they know so much. And I, I, I'm very interested in that. So, uh, so we went a little deep there, but we hope to have them on again and maybe talk about home church. 
you know, because they're they they're as they mentioned, they go to a pastor, even a small church. Uh, um, a couple other topics we really want to dive in with them, and so uh, yeah, maybe we'll have them on again. But um, Isaac and Angie, guys, uh, you can find them at courageousparenting.com. Uh, that's where, that's also their podcast and you can find, uh, Angie's ministry, the postpartum course books and Bible studies at courageousmom.com. So again, that's courageousparenting.com and courageousmom.com. You can also find them on Instagram at Isaac at resolute.man and Angie courageous.mom. Uh, they also decided to give our podcast listeners an extra $50 off the Courageous Parenting Mentor Pro- Program, which, as they mentioned, six-week self-paced mentor program with hours and hours of curriculum, parenting packs, uh, you know, printouts, you can text with them, all the things. That code is EXTRA50R. Again, EXTRA50R, and you guys only can get an additional $50 off their course, which is at CourageousParenting.com. Very thankful for that. Hope that uh, is uh, you know a blessing to, to some of you guys out there, and you take advantage of it. Well, that was really good. Uh, hope you have a good rest of the day, and uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. Thank you.